So when I was a teenager, I was at church camp uh, a lot. And one time at a church camp, we were singing uh, the song, Get Right Church and Let's Go Home. Nothing like a um, bunch of Anglo-Saxon teenagers singing that one. And there's a bass part to it. Um, it's uh, uh, Get Right Church and Let's Go Home. And then the bass is singing, Well, Get Right Church and Let's Go Home. It's complicated, but you'd figure it out eventually if you tried. It... Uh, and I was singing the bass part because I was a, a newly formed teenager and could. I was proud of it. Singing it like my dad would sing it. And uh, Then the guy next to me, uh, like when in the middle of it, like nudged me and goes, Come on, Benjamin, get your bass voice going. And I didn't know what he meant. And I thought, well, okay, it's fine. I don't have a bass voice yet. But eventually, one of these days, my health teacher has informed me that I will have a bass voice. Now I'm still waiting on my bass voice. Um, I, went to, I went to college uh, on a vocal performance scholarship. Went as my major was vocal music performance. I was going to get a degree in vocal music performance so that someday I could go to Nashville, be like, I would like to be a singer, please. And they would say, no, thank you. And I would say, but I have a degree in vocal music performance. They would say, just find the nearest bar and try. And so I, I, I've always liked to sing, and I've always liked to sing and perform, but one time at, uh, when we were in Texas, we had an area-wide youth rally, which every, we didn't invite any kids from outside the town. It was just in the town, and it was di different events were held at different churches within the town. And the rule was, that whenever it was your turn as the church, you, um, we worshipped the way you worshipped on Sunday morning, but we couldn't hear who, you had to get a different person from... So, like, I spoke at the Baptist church, but when we were at the, 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 at the Church of Christ, we sang a cappella. And we thought, well, we're going to have all these Baptist kids in here singing a cappella, and they're going to be awful at it. So we're gonna, what, what we'll do is we'll have a praise team, and we'll have a, basically a quartet up there, and we'll lead the songs as a quartet. It went really well, but we did not have a bass. And we had a soprano, we had a lead, we had a, um, a tenor, we had an alto. And they said, Benjamin, could you sing bass? I said, yes. <laughs> I can. So I needed in 30 minutes to acquire the skill of singing bass. Uh, it was my job as, as preacher to go pick up the chicken for the event. So it was about a 10-minute drive to the next town where we had a pretty good chicken place there. And I went to go pick up the chicken. And on the way to the chicken place, I, because I am a trained singer and know how to warm up properly, warmed up. But for warm, warming up for tenor doesn't, is different. You Warming up for tenor, you just sing stupid things. You just sing that over and over again and work your way up the scale, kind of stretch out the voice. Warm, but for me, warming up for bass means I cranked the air conditioner, got real close to it, and went, for 10 minutes, 20 if you count the drive back. I just destroyed my vocal cords 
And then by the time I got back, it sounded like I have a cold, which is, by the way, the only time I can sing bass. I acquired the skill that was necessary. And there's not a lot of times in life that you can do that. There's not a lot of times where you can just go, boom, here's the skill I need for the situation I'm in. Here's the skill I need for the thing I'm called to. You know, I I would like to be able to jump higher. I can't do that in 20 minutes. You know, that takes years and years of work. And I guess I'm still a child that that's one of my goals. (laughs) But there... I would like to be able to do certain things, but not everything can be solved by screaming into an air vent in a church van. Put that on the church sign, right? So not everything can be solved like that. And so sometimes you just, you want to accomplish something, you want to achieve something, and you just can't, you don't have the skills. And you may feel that way sometimes about your, uh, about the way you talk to people about Jesus, about the way you talk to people, like you incorporate speaking about the good news into your daily life. I want to recognize that can be awkward. We all know it can be awkward if you've ever been in an airport and you, a good Christian, would rather those people not talk to you. Because the people in the airport are just talking to you nonstop about Jesus and you were just like, I need to, I have headphones. It's awkward and uncomfortable, and you want to incorporate that into your daily life. The kingdom of God declares the mission of God is for us to go into all the world and proclaim that Jesus is king, that Jesus is alive, and sometimes we feel ill-equipped to do it. I once had a guy tell me, wouldn't it be great if we could do miracles? I'm like, well, he says, you know, like Jesus did. I was like, do you know what happened to Jesus? Like, they didn't, like, he thought if we could just do miracles, if we could just, like, heal people, then the masses would come running. And that didn't really happen all the time for Jesus. At times it got him in trouble. Can you imagine being so churchified like they were in Jesus' day whenever he healed somebody and they got up and they carried their mat? They were like, well, it's the Sabbath and you're not supposed to do that on the Sabbath. We'd heal somebody and someone would start cheering. I'm like, can we cheer this loud in church? We're so stuck in our old ways that even a miracle sometimes wouldn't get us out of our our old paths. To explore the new path, the new ways of Jesus. That's why something spectacular happened whenever the disciples decided to start, or disciples were called to start proclaiming the good news of Jesus' resurrection for the first time. It was all wind and fire. Now, as I've put this uh, sermon together, I want you to know that this Acts 2, 1 through 12 could be like a six-week sermon series. There's so much here. Dive into it. I've had to this was an hour and a half sermon when I got done with it, and then when I, I, had to, I had to cut the fat, and there's not a lot of fat. It's all great. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one 
place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. I love whenever prophets and people are writing in the Bible and they're just, they see something, they can't really put their finger on it, but it seems to be this. It's just the closest they can get. It's that amazing that it's hard to put into words what's happening, but it just seems to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So the Spirit shows up and allows them to perform this miracle where either A, they're speaking in this holy language and everybody hears their own language, or B, there's, there, these people are speaking in other languages throughout the region all together and everyone hears their own. Either way, they're speaking in a way that they couldn't beforehand. And now they can. All right. Time out to kind of take a tangent that I think is important. This is on the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost for Jewish people was celebrating the day that God, um, Passover was celebrating God setting them free from Egypt, and Pentecost was the celebration of the giving of the law. It was um, them celebrating that God came down from the mountain, or not God, God was on the mountain with Moses, and Moses came down from the mountain and uh, gave the law. And now here, God is about to give a new, fresh appointment, again, with fire and wind. So they were able to speak in tongues, and this, they, God really wants the people to hear this. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God, they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these, all, aren't these people Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, Cretans, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. How can this be happening? Here's, this is just the craziest thing to me. One, because it's spectacular. I don't know if you remember um, the last time people got together and they all had the same language. It's all the way back in Genesis 11. They were trying to build a tower. They could all speak uh, the, this, this, the same language, and they, they were cooperating. They were saying, give me, give me the hammer, Earl, and Earl would say, here's the hammer. And, uh, and, and then God said, that's not good. Um, I'm going to change the languages and separate them and confuse them. And the guy said, what about the ranch? And he said, no comprende. And then they said, oh. And so they didn't finish the tower. Is the end of the story. And they had to go to different places. And they couldn't, they couldn't understand each other. And the language 
kept them apart. And now God is wanting to start a new kingdom where they can accomplish great things and He unites language instead of separates them. To accomplish what God wanted to accomplish from the very beginning, if you go back to Genesis 12, 1-3, that seven promises God makes to Abraham, He says, in the end, He says, I'm going to bless all nations through you. And to do that, He's going to eventually have to undo what He did at, the, at Babel. And so this reuniting of languages, reuniting of tongues, that they all... Notice, it didn't say He changed the ears... He changed the speaker. They got to keep their identity, but the message was for all people. So Jesus goes and becomes king and sends His Spirit, and the first miracle they perform is not one Jesus performed. They didn't perform an old hit. They didn't go out and say, guys, look, we can walk on water. Look, here's some fish and some loaves. Bring, bring me a blind man. No, they just said, they just started speaking in other tongues. It was a completely new miracle. Amazed and perplexed, they asked each other, what does this mean? I think sometimes we get out of this passage we, we, we wade through Acts 2, 1 through 12, and then our question is, well, what are tongues? That's not the question they asked in the first century. It's not that question they asked when it first happened. They didn't say, well, give me the details. They said, what does this mean? And it's a question we should ask ourselves. What, why did this happen It's such an odd thing. It's such an odd one that, that everyone's saying, well, look at all these people here, and they're all different. Why, why are we all hearing the same? Like we're all understanding this guy. I think it's quite telling. The first thing the Spirit of God does is equip those who are going to proclaim the Word to proclaim it to people who are different than them. The kingdom of God is going out of its way for diversity. The kingdom of God is, is saying, Let, let's, I want, I'm not just going to speak Aramaic. I'm not just going to speak Greek. I'm not going to say the Roman language Latin. I'm going to speak in a way that everybody hears it. I'm going to proclaim the Word of God in a way that everybody can, can understand it and, and accept it and believe it. And 3,000 people came to Jesus that day. 3,000 people. We're baptized that day. And sometimes we wonder, like, why in the world are we not having the same effectiveness? It's because we're, we're not willing to trust the Spirit in times where we don't, we don't think we can communicate well. 
But who cares what you think you can communicate? Now, I'm not saying that eventually you're going to have a moment where you start speaking in another language and people can understand you. I'm not putting that past God. God can do with you what God wants. My theology does not limit God. But when you are just standing next to someone who speaks your language, now they may not be, um, they may not be from your your neighborhood. They may not be, they may not have parents like you had. They may go to a different uh, denomination. They may go to a different place. They they're they're just different people. The kingdom of God does not need translators because its language is love. The kingdom of God does not need somebody to say, well, okay, this is how we, we operate here. I hope we create an environment here that whenever you invite someone to church, which that may just be the thing you do. And that's fine. I want you to know that's fine. I feel like preachers in the past have made people feel bad for that. Like inviting people to church ain't just enough. You know, like you got to sit down and walk through a Bible study with them. That might not be your cup of tea. Not everybody did that. Only a few people in the, war, in the nation of Israel were priests. And people brought people to them. Like, it's okay. Bring people to church. Bring them to community. Let them belong, and then they'll believe. That's fine. But when you invite someone to church, I hope that we've created an environment here that you don't have to explain much. That when they show up, you don't have to be like, okay, listen. Don't do this or that. There's some people here and you can't sit in that spot because there's some that's hers. I hope that's not us. And we want to cultivate an attitude of flexibility and diversity because the gospel message requires it. It's the first thing he did. Jesus shows up in the Spirit and the disciples' new power is to talk to anybody. And then we call on the Spirit for strength in love and in joy and we'll get to those in a couple of weeks. We'll get to the fruit of the Spirit in a couple of weeks. We call on the Spirit for strength, but we're not communicating the Gospel. And that's what, the, that was, that's what the Spirit did when it hit the ground running, was communicate the Gospel to people that are different and have diversity. See, only in diversity can you have unity. If you're uniform, unity doesn't matter. If we all look the same, if we're all from the same place, then it's no big deal that Jesus brought us together. But if we have different language, different skin color, different practices, different customs, different beliefs about the Bible, 
Like, we want to acknowledge here that, that you can read the Bible, me and you can read the Bible, and I can go, well, that definitely means this. And you see it through your lens, oh, no, that's definitely this. That that's going to happen. Because no human being, Lynn, Lynn Jones said this at our marriage seminar, and it's just wonderful. It's been stuck in my crawl ever since she said it. But no human being, because of their past experience and because of their, their raising, can see things 100% as they actually are. We just have lenses. And we're going to see things differently, and we're going to make choices. I don't know, we redesigned the bulletin this week. We weren't ever folding it, so we decided to print it on a page where we don't, didn't have to fold it. We weren't handing you an unfolded bulletin saying, here, here's a job for you. Fold this. Welcome. So we, we changed it. And some of you might not like it. And I want you to know that we so don't care about that. We do it. And if you don't like it, you can do it. That's fine. But that's just one of those things. Like It's just it's a small little thing. We're going to see things differently. And we can acknowledge that. And we, we don't care that you disagree. We're actually glad that that's part of our process. That we're, we're different people. And I, I like the bulletin. I don't. I like that song. I don't. I like it when he prays. And I don't like it when he prays. That's perfect. Because Jesus needs some diversity to unite. And that needs to be our goal. As a church, to not, just, not, not to just ignore the differences. That's what's so nuts when people are like, you know, I don't really see color. That sounds like a vision problem. You don't see color. Well, what I mean is I don't even notice if someone has a different skin color. That's nuts. What do you mean? You're just ignoring them? That's, what's fantastic is when we're different. What the, the right word is I celebrate color. I don't, it's not that I don't see it. I celebrate it. Black skin and brown skin and, and, and whatever color this is, it's not white, it's peach, it's something. We, we can all be, we can say, look, look how different and fantastic we are. No one goes to an art museum and goes, why aren't all these the same? Someone's like, how'd you enjoy the art museum? Well, I really don't see color. They were all the same to me. Start seeing color. Celebrate it. It's fantastic. It's a beautiful thing that we get to be different and in Christ be united. And if we're not celebrating our diversity, if we're not striving for diversity, then we can't also be striving for unity. The opening kickoff of the Christian movement was different languages. What does that say about what we should be concerned about in our everyday life? What does that say about what we should be celebrating? 
I grew up celebrating uniformity. But if unity's your goal, then diversity's the, the, where it's at. Saying, oh, we're different. That's great. But in Jesus, we're one. In the Spirit, we're one. And God allows us. We're going to have potluck in there, and you're going to sit across from someone who's not like you. And whenever you're talking and getting along over food and fellowship, that is the work of the Spirit. And don't let it go by without noticing that this is a holy moment. And that God will protect you from the flu in there. And it's a great... I don't know, but... There's Germex. We'll put Germex in there. Spray it in your mouth. This is a great moment. And God, God celebrates different by uniting it in His Son. If you want to join His Son, His movement, God's unifying mission to spread the good news to every nation, every tribe, every language, if you want to join that today, be united in His death, burial, and resurrection through baptism, um, be, be lifted up as part of his community and join in with us in our mission for God. Take seriously the things that God takes seriously. Please come forward while we stand and sing.